0: Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in
1: Grace. Well, howdy everybody, it's Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski and this guy here is Mike Kapler yo
0: (laughs) i I watched i watched andy griffith recently and goober just showed up and that was one of his
1: one of his key lines you know was yo yo (laughs) the andy griffith show (laughs) i think one of these last times we got started on um 70s music sticks and kansas and all that stuff and now it's 70s and 60s uh tv shows
0: You know, and this is where we get the most response from our listeners. You know, you can come up with the greatest revelation of God's grace and love and not hear from anybody, but you start talking music and TV, then you get some response. This is
1: how we're getting them hooked. After 420 podcasts, we're learning how to get you guys hooked. You know, I can remember, I suppose you could Google it
0: up, which I haven't done, but many years ago, I, I knew people who had acquired an Andy Griffith Bible study. Oh, you, yeah, we, I remember you talking about yeah. that. Apply different episodes to Scripture or vice versa.
1: I'm sure it can be done, because
0: it's like sure Barney
1: it said, it can't go wrong with talking about sin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
0: a <laughs> great topic for the sermon. Yeah,
1: yeah that's it. But
0: yeah, the Andy Griffith Show Bible
1: study. Uh, yeah, it, it's out there. It's probably a cult, but it's out there. Uh, exactly. Well, this is podcast number 420, and we're going to talk about something else this time. We're going to talk about grace. <laughs> We're going to talk about grace—that old Do it. grace stuff again—and we've, uh, you know, we've got some. We uh, receive messages from people and questions and comments and things like that. And uh, we've heard from a couple different people lately on on a certain that kind of on a certain wavelength that sort of you know has stuck with us. And the ideas of a person, perhaps not feeling a zeal or a passion for god and the idea of a person who um is perhaps struggling they know about grace they know about god's love but they struggle with you know certain sins still and they're wondering you know why the struggle why why does this continue when i want to know all about grace and god's love and i uh, see a person can know all can, you can know all you can have all the knowledge and understanding in the world but it's really as as I think we were talking about last week, it's not about the knowledge; it's about the person, Jesus Christ. You know, you can know, you can have all the information in the world, but it really comes down to knowing Jesus Christ. And I don't know. This is sort of a lead into some of the things we'll be talking about uh, this time.
0: Well, I mean, just to give you a brief example, Joel, and I know you you got an email from somebody too, not exactly the same, but there's some similarities, but. Here's a young man who who contacted me and, and just said, I I just wanted, I just, here's what he said, I just wanted to know if you could give me a grace-based encouragement of dealing with sin. I'm still dealing with a lot of sin-based stuff in my life. I don't really spend that much time talking to God either. I don't know how to get to know him better. I know the Bible says I'm the righteousness of God, but a lot of times... I do stuff uh, I hate doing and I don't know how to ma- manifest Jesus instead of my own desires. but I, I wrote him a sort of a lengthy response by my standards anyway and uh, he th- but as I'm looking at this, Joel and you and I talked briefly before coming on a little bit, but he, he's asking for a grace based encouragement of dealing with sin and that's that's a legitimate thing to ask for. I, yeah. I like how he phrased it. but you know looking at it here as I'm looking at it now, one thing I would just encourage you in in one sentence out there, if, if this is because I know we have a lot of listeners who who are going through these same things. This is not an exclusive club by any stretch, but right. sometimes we try too hard to deal with sin when there is one who has already dealt with it. Now I know what they're saying here when it comes to, you know some sinful actions in their own life, but sometimes we try to deal with it. In our own strength, and that's going to lead us in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, it always will, because you know the flesh. You know, trying to overcome flesh with your own fleshly uh, attempts—it's just just not going to work. It's all flesh, and we do need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus Christ, who is our life. You know, the awesome thing about the new covenant that we walk in is that Jesus Christ has become our life. We died. And we no longer, it's no longer our struggle against sin. But like you said, Cap, Jesus Christ came and he dealt with sin, and he took sin away, and he took um its strength away. And, uh, and here's one thing that a lot of people, probably our listeners know this, but a lot of people in church haven't realized this yet, but it's the law that is the strength of sin. You know, Paul said that. So, I mean, if we have things in our lives that we really that we don't want to do maybe we're you struggling with something or dealing with some sort of sin a lot of times people will say well just get yourself in the word get yourself in the bible get yourself you know into those exhortations of paul get yourself into you know memorize the 10 commandments and all of these things but paul said that sin taking opportunity by the commandment by the law deceived me, and by it, killed me. So don't get yourself under the law. That's one thing. You Just don't get yourself back under the law, because the law came to entice sin, to excite sin. Read Romans 6 and 7 for yourself, uh, if you're not sure about what we're talking about here, and go back to some of our past podcasts as well, because we've talked about uh, that a lot on this program in the past. But what I like about Paul and what he wrote about dealing with sin and, and fleshly things. In Galatians, he talked about how the spirit wages war against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit. And the uh, one thing to point out there is that the, f- the flesh is not who we are, and the spirit is not who we are. So we, when there's this struggle going on inside, our job isn't to try to fight the flesh it isn't to try to crucify the flesh. Our job is to let the Spirit war against the flesh, and the flesh war against the Spirit, and guess who wins? The Holy Spirit, of course, and we can rest, and we can all the while be at peace because God has provided everything that it's needed in all of this.
0: Yeah, if we're spending time trying to crucify things that aren't from God or the flesh, as you were talking about, Joel, Paul said in Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. So, you see, you, you've you been crucified with Christ. The body of sin can now be done away with. We no longer have to be slaves to sin. It has been taken away. We've been freed from its penalty. Does that mean that, uh, you know, temptation doesn't come around? Of course not. Does it mean that we don't have choices to make with doing the right thing or the wrong thing? No, because Paul went on to say in this same chapter that, now that you have been freed, now that you are in Christ, you are no longer under law, which was the strength of sin, as Joel said earlier. You are now under grace, and sin will not—this this isn't uh, conditional. This isn't if you do this. Paul said, sin shall not have dominion over you. But he encouraged the believers there in Romans 6 to not use your members of your body as, as instruments of unrighteousness. So there was some exhortation there. But when you're trying within your own ability, as Joel was referring to, but some people might have got confused with it, but when you when you start trusting in your own ability and you're, you're the individual who's trying to avoid the wrong thing and trying to do the right thing, now you're sifting back, you're slipping back into the flesh again because you're, you're trying to somehow, through your own efforts, establish some sort of right standing with God. That just doesn't work. You're going to be, you know, trying to jog in quicksand with that method. Instead of realizing, remember, it's not just the truth that sets you free; it's the knowledge of the truth. And so, you can read the Bible till you're blue in the face, without ever really understanding what you've been freed from. So, having that knowledge of the truth is what's going to help set you free, and and realize that you have indeed been made free in Christ.
1: Yeah. So, were you were you saying that people might have a little bit of confusion over what I said? wouldn't be the first time (laughs) no well i think when when people hear the word the flesh they always just think
0: about uh, and we had some podcasts on this not too far back but they always just think of i know you're joking around but (laughs) they always just think of uh you know doing bad stuff but you can get caught up in the flesh by you know starting to trust in your own effort again because let's face it, I mean, people have these emotional ups and downs a lot of times. And so we sometimes get emails from people who say, I'm just not very encouraged anymore. I, I used to be a, an on-fire Christian. Or maybe you've heard it said, oh, man, they are just so on fire for God. You know, they used to live like this and that and the other thing, and they were terrible. But now, wow, they're just on fire for God. Well, when you hear somebody use a phrase like that, I'm just I just lost my fire, or they're on fire for God, what does that mean? What comes to your mind, Joel, when somebody says, Well, I'm just not very on fire?
1: Yeah, because, you know, I I used to live like that too. I was so, when I was on fire for God, it meant that. Oh, when I was in church, I was just having these wonderful, joyful expressions in worship. I was surfing. I was going out and doing all these uh, things for God. I was just living my life for God. I was telling everybody about Jesus and, and all that stuff. And what I came to realize is that a lot of that, even though it wasn't bad stuff. It was really based on emotions. Like you were saying, the flesh can be bad but can also appear good. It was based upon my fleshly attempts at trying to please God, at trying to live the Christian life. And I found that I did go up and down with those things. I went up and down big time. It was a huge roller coaster ride. And not a fun one. (laughs) Ups and downs and twists and turns. I love roller coasters, but not the type of up and down emotional roller coaster that you can get yourself on when you're trying to live your life in a manner that's pleasing to God by your own attempts, rather than uh, this restful peace that God has given us. I mean, this is where I would say, I really don't think that I would be considered by most people to be on fire for God but I think I know God a whole lot more than I used to, and I am at peace with God. I I live in his peace a whole lot more than I used to. I enjoy fellowship with God a whole lot more than I used to, even though I don't feel like I'm on fire for him, because it's based upon what I understand to be his passion and fire, so to speak, for me, and then my response to that is peace and joy and contentment. We've kind of gone a little bit off track, but really the gist of what we're trying to get at is that it is about the Holy Spirit and and God and His passion for us, and we can rest in that, and the natural response to that will be joy and peace and and a passion for Him. Yeah,
0: because if our on-fire emotions kick in, it's usually because we think we're somehow living the Christian life at that higher level, but eventually you come to realize that you're making a lot of mistakes out there and you're goofing up a lot. And so then you're, you're back down on that roller coaster, as you were talking about, Joel, when it's it should just always remain the same. We're in Christ, we are accepted because of his passion for us, and, and we can feed off of that.
1: Yeah, you know, Kev, that really is the foundation. His passion for us. Well, I got a feeling that uh, some of this talk about, you know, the flesh and, and struggling with sinful behavior is uh, perhaps resonating with some people and the way that we're talking about how to deal with it. You know, the Bible says that we are no longer in the flesh because we're in Christ. So we'll talk about that distinction next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org.
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.